welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. seated. Amen. God's a good God. Amen. All right. Well, um, I will jump right in to what um, we're going to be teaching tonight. We're going to continue along the lines of peace. Everybody say peace. I want to talk to you about um, peace. Um, This is uh, uh, number three in the series. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Let's just read that and then we'll pray and just trust God to lead us and for the Holy Spirit to just do his thing tonight. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, don't fret or worry, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, a sense of wholeness, everything coming together for good, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence. I sense your presence here tonight, just inhabiting our worship and our praise. And I thank you for uh, you being here. Uh, and I just ask you to have your way uh, in our midst tonight. Holy Spirit, use me to minister truth to your people. And thank you that um, we'll, we'll glean uh, grace from this. And uh, thank you that we'll leave here better because we came to church in the middle of the week uh, to focus our attention and turn our hearts towards you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, You know, we're talking about peace, and um, we've said, you know, the last two weeks that our opening text tells us that there is a peace that passes all understanding that's available to us as believers. Um, But I've also pointed out that often as believers, that peace can be fleeting for us because uh, for a lot of reasons, right? But, But really, you know, life around us uh, things we deal with, um, human flaws, all sorts of stuff can just happen that cause us to lose our peace. And so what we're, we're talking about really in this series are really principles. Uh, it's not really a step-by-step process. It's just different things that we, that we see in Scripture that help us understand how to walk in this peace that passes human understanding. He says, notice the phrase there is it passes, peace that passes understanding, which means that you know, it's a peace that's, that, that's supernatural. Uh, it's a peace that resides with you even when your mind can be racing. Um, and, uh, and so, um, and so uh, that's what we're talking about. And so we've talked about a couple of principles initially uh, as we started this. In Psalm 55 and verse 22, 
one of the principles is just to cast your cares on the Lord. It says cast your burden, releasing, releasing the weight of it on the Lord. And so we said that part of having peace is making a decision to cast your worry, to cast the things you're fearful about, to cast your concerns that your mind pours over over and over again, to cast those on the Lord. And I use the phrase that we need to resist the urge to embrace worry um, as if it's some sort of, you know, lap dog, right? We need to resist that urge to pet it and, 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 and stroke it and hang on to it, you know, because your mind really wants to do that. Um, but what we need to do is we need to cast it away like it was a venomous snake. If a snake tried to climb up in your lap, <clears throat> you'd get rid of it. And so that's the first thing we talked about doing. And then last week, we said, you know, the second step is really just to go bird watching. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor you're about the body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? goes on to say, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And so one of the first things Jesus told us to do to be able to get rid of worry was to go look at the birds. Uh, and I think sometimes we can... Um, <laughs> We can, you know, over-analyze uh, things and try to come to some deep spiritual truth, but he just said, go look at the birds. And I think there's a truth in that. And what we pointed out was what he was really trying to say was to change your perspective. When you're worried, your mind is on the worries. But when you take, a, take yourself out of a situation and change your perspective, your mind is on something else. So if you're going to cast away worries, you need to fill your mind with some other thoughts. And that's what Jesus was really saying was to go uh, look at the birds, look at, look at nature, look at uh, the things that are around you and allow that to be able to see that, you know what, God, God's got this whole thing spinning pretty good, you know, when it comes to nature, right? Now, certainly around the world, there are things that are out of order, but that's because there's just a rotten devil. But, but if you just look at nature itself, it, it can cause you to see that, you know what, God's got this world hanging where it needs to hang. The sun's coming up, the sun's going down, the moon's you know, rising in, in the evening. Um, and so if he's taking care of that, then he can take care of me. Well, tonight I want to take a look at another thing Jesus told us to do when he's, when he's encouraging us not to worry. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 says... Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So he says worry is you know, a useless thing. It doesn't do anything for you. Verse 28 says, so why do you worry about clothing? Uh, and you know, matter of fact, he says, you know, which of you can worry by adding one cubit to his stature? I said it doesn't do anything, but it does do something. But it's, the implications of it are not positive, right? Worry has a lot of negative implications. But verse 28 says, so why do you worry about clothing? And then he says this next phrase, consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so Jesus said, after you look at the field, you know, look at the birds, he says, now go look at the lilies. Um, and, you know, I think it's interesting that he chose to do that. Why didn't he just stop at looking at the birds? You know, I mean, was, was he just trying to reemphasize? Look, look, no, I think there's something different that we see when we look at the lilies than we do when we look at the birds. And I think there's something in seeing that. It's something that we recognize in looking at that that I believe he was the point he was trying to make. And so, you know, what was he trying to say? I, the thing that stands out to me that it's noticeable that's different about lilies and birds 
is birds move around, right? They fly around, do different things. But lilies don't move. Lilies are planted where they're at, and they grow where they're planted. And, and I think that, you know, one of the distinctions that, that, that stands out, that difference that stands out is, is, is that if, if we want to live worry-free lives, we have to learn to be content in where God has planted us. We have to be, learn to be content in, in where we are at any particular moment in life. It doesn't mean we have to be satisfied with negative things that God has promised us are not for us to experience, even though we, you, know, you, you get challenged at times, right? But, but we, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we need to learn how to be like a lily, right? A lily is just planted, and it's not trying to get up and move somewhere else. It's not looking for its next great achievement. It's not looking for um, the, the, the next place that God has for them, and it's not looking for you know, distant horizons of somewhere else. It's right where it's at, and it's flourishing where it's at. So key takeaway tonight that I want you to just hang on to, and we're going to sort of support it throughout the rest of the evening, is this, is to have peace and joy and contentment, to have the kind of peace Jesus talked about, you have to learn to be contented where you are right now, not where you want to be or not where you will be in the future, right? How many realize tomorrow you're going to be somewhere else, right? Five years from now, you may be a different place, right? Not just physically. How many of you realize spiritually you'll probably be in a different place? You'll grow. God will chip off some of the edges of you if you're not hard-headed, right? And you'll, you'll grow. And so you'll be in a different place. But one of the key takeaways to peace is, is if, for me, if I look at the lilies, and I need to recognize, if I, for me to flourish, I need to be like that, right? Because he was telling us that you need to recognize something. And, and one of those things is, is that it's planted right where it's at, and it's flourishing where it's at. So we have to learn to be content in where you are. When we stop striving and fighting to be somewhere else, because, you know, that's a lot of times why we don't have peace, Right? You want something else. You want something to change. You want to be in a different place. You want, you, you want your physical situation to change. Or you want, you want to grow spiritually and be somewhere where you don't feel like you're at right now, right? And all of that can create anxiety and worry. Even positive things, right? Even, even the positive things of wanting to grow in our relationship with the Lord or, or, or achieve more of what he has for us. You know, even that desire to want to have that is not a bad thing. But if that takes over and consumes you, you can very much live in a place of dissatisfaction and no peace, right? Uh, and I can tell you, I've been in places like that in my life before. Um, you know, uh, in pastoring this church, there are lots of things that I would like to see different. Um, you know, I'd love to see, you know, the, the entire campus built out like we'd want it to have, be, have built out, right? Um, but, but there's a truth to that if you don't learn to be content in the journey and where you're at, in the moment, you'll be nothing but frustrated where you're at right now because you haven't arrived to where you think you should be, right? So you have to learn to do that. You know, and, and that's not easy because for the achiever, that means you have to be content on your way to the achievement. For the ambitious Christian, that means you have to be content in where you are right now in your relationship with the Lord, even though you know you may need to grow or there are things you want to discover that you haven't discovered yet. You have to learn to be content where you are right now. And for those that are burdened by circumstances, right? If you're burdened by problems or something's just, I mean, you, there's just definitely an attack of the enemy or something going on in your life, that can bring great displeasure and worry. 
But there has to be an element about you that says, even in the midst of me waiting for my deliverance that I believe I've received in my heart, I'm going to learn to find the joy and peace in the situation I have right now. So learning to love and be content with the station at which you, we find ourselves right now is the key to unspeakable peace that Jesus talked about. Paul came to this place. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, For Paul, from Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, God chose me to be an apostle, and he appointed me to preach the good news. Skip down to verse 5. There's some other good content there you can go back and read, but for the sake of time, verse 5 says, Jesus was kind to me and chose me to be an apostle so that people of all nations would obey and have faith. You are some of the people chosen by Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm one of those people. This letter is, is to all of you in Rome. God loves you and has chosen you to be his very own people. I pray that God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to you and will bless you with peace. So Paul found peace in the kindness of God to choose him to be where he was in that moment. If you read that, 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 that contextually, you can see that what Paul is saying is, look, I, I, am, I am pleased and I'm thankful for the kindness of God that he made me an apostle and I'm, I'm walking this path that's in front of me right now. And what I find to be true, though, is this, is that um, technology and advancement has really diminished this quality of finding peace in the place where you are right now. Uh, I really believe it's done that. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not so old school to say, you know, we shouldn't have phones and we shouldn't do things, right? But, but if, if you're talking about learning to be content in the place you are right now, how many of you realize where we are right now, it's us in this room, right? Learning to be content in this place God has placed you at this moment in your life, in this time in your life, means learning to embrace the things that surround you, Right? Learning to embrace the moment you're in, learning to embrace the blessings, the good things you do have, learning to embrace the people that are in your life. And yet what I found to be true is, how many of you realize 2,000 years ago there was no internet? Right? The people that God placed the people of God with were their tribe, they were their family, that was their group, Right? And, and God placed them there, and that's not to say that technology and advancement, God can't use those things. But what I, what, I, what I guess the point I'm trying to get to is I don't believe, I believe technology has threatened and diminished the quality of being satisfied with where you are right now. And I believe that because what it's done is it hasn't brought us closer together. I think it's made us more impersonal. I think it, it allows you to be able to... Um, Listen to voices from all over the world that don't know you and you don't know them personally, right? And have them influence your life in such a way that they're the loudest voice in your life. When God didn't place you there, he placed you with the group you're with now, right? This is where he's got you. And that doesn't mean we don't be op we're not open to other things, but we have to be really careful because I fear that, you know, if we don't learn to have peace in where we are, we'll be looking, you know, as a pastor, I can do that, right? As a pastor, you know, I can go online and I can see all these churches and all the bells and whistles they got. How many of you realize that we don't have some of those things, right? But I'll tell you what I do have. I got you. And I tell you, that's more satisfying than any smoke machine that I can put on my platform. Honestly. 
and so I think, there, I think technology and advancement has really robbed the, the, the peace and contentment that can come from truly being embracing where God has placed you spiritually, even in a local church, right? There's value that comes from allowing the place you are to shape you, allowing the people around you to shape you, and, and allowing that to happen because you recognize that that's the place where God has placed you, right? It's really important to re recognize that. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I put here and highlighted is this, is, you know, we have to be careful that um, if, the if, if the loudest voice in our life, the loudest influential voice in our life is a distant voice that you don't even personally know, then I would say you're not in a safe place. And I'll, I'll tell you the reason I say that is because I remember when I first was, I graduated from Bible school, this was way back in, it seems like a long time ago now, um, it, 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 uh, but it was way back in 1988, I graduated from Bible school. And I remember when I graduated, as I was graduating, um, you know, um, there was this movement, for lack of a better term. How many of you know what a spiritual movement is, right? You know, it's a group of people that get together around a certain thought and everybody's excited about it. Um, and there was this group of people and there was this one guy that led the group and he was, you know, doing his thing. And as I was graduating, that voice was influencing me, right? And that voice didn't know me personally and I didn't know him personally. And, and, and there was an uneasy, there, there, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Aren't you grateful for the Holy Spirit? Um, as I was praying one morning, the Holy Spirit just said these words to me, just said these words to me. He said, you're dipping your toes in the wrong camp. Well, when I first heard it, I thought, it, that can't be God, because, you know, God doesn't have, you know, he doesn't want us to be separated. He doesn't want us to be, you know, uh, you know and, and tr that's true, right? God doesn't want us to be, you know, isolated and cultish, and it's just our group. So that, that wasn't the meaning of it. But as I began to pray about it, what the Lord began to really deal me, with me about was, I sent you here to this group of people because I wanted this group of people to shape you and form you. Not this distant voice that doesn't know you and hasn't become acquainted with you and, and you don't know them personally. There's something about sharing life with people that know you and being able in that context to allow the place you are right now to develop within you who it is God's called you to be and really allow you to be able to enjoy the place you are to be able to have the peace that God wants you to have. Because what I found happening in my life was as I was listening to those voices, I began to be critical of the people around me that loved me the most. I began to think they were dumb and I was smart. And what I found to be true was for me to have the, and, and my mind began to really be stressful about where do I go after college? What do I do? Do I need to chase this? Do I do that? And I remember the Lord said, you're dipping your toe in the wrong camp. Go to the camp that I put you in and I will raise you to be what it is I want you to be. And I will tell you, I, that, may, that may be just personal advice, but it helped me. It really helped me as God, and it doesn't mean God doesn't lead you to different places and to different things, but the loudest voices in your life should be the spiritual, spiritual people in your life that know you and you know them, and you know they got your back and they know they care about you, right? You know, you could call them in the middle, middle of the night and they'd come running. And so for me, it's really important for us to make sure we should do that. So I'm not saying we should turn off all media and outside influence, but what I'm saying is if you want to have peace, 
You've got to learn to extract peace from where you are right now, not from where you want to be or what you want to be. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says it this way. It's an interesting verse of Scripture. It's always stood out to me. Ever since the time that Lord spoke that to my heart about sort of cutting off something and just digging into where I was at, it says, for one human, for, it says from one, this is the good news translation of this verse. It says, from one human being, God created all races of people and made them live throughout the whole earth. He himself fixed beforehand the exact times and the limits of the places where they would live. He did this, notice this, why did he do that? Why did he place you where you are right now in this moment in time? He did this so that they would look for him and perhaps find him as they felt around for him. Yet, God is not far from any one of us. What that verse means to me is this, is that we all wind up in different places. And how many realize different voices, there are, there are maybe... You know, for me, that group of people that were with that guy, they were good people. They weren't bad people. And, and, and God's, but God placed that group with that group. He placed me where I was at. And what I found to be true was, and is that the greatest ability for me to grow and be what it is God wanted me to be was for me to plug in where I belonged, Right? And so it's important to recognize that. And so even for the unbeliever, how many of you realize God orchestrates their life in such a way that there are voices in their life that can help direct them to God at times in their life where they weren't even looking for it? And he, notice what it says there. It says he did this so that they would not look elsewhere for him, as one, way one translation says it. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 and 28 in the Message Bible says, God doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. Everybody say he's not remote. He's near. So what that tells me is that God is here in this room tonight, right? He's not remote. He's near. Yep. We live and move in him and can't get away from him. And so God and, so God and the peace that oftentimes we're so much striving for is not out there somewhere else. It's right where he's planted us if we'll open our eyes and look for it because he's not playing hide and seek, right? He's right where we're at. And if we, we will learn to glean from the, 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 the people that are around us and the blessings that are in front of us and the, the, we'll be like that lily planted where we are and drawing from what's around us instead of where we want to be, that's when we begin to find real peace of mind. That's where we begin to rest in green pastures, right? Instead of trying to scale giant mountains. I think it's always interesting where Jesus leads us is beside peaceful waters and green pastures. And yet we're always looking for the mountain to conquer, right? Peace comes from being satisfied where you're at. Now, now, a word of caution, I'm not saying we should resolve ourselves to accept bad circumstances. That's not what I'm saying, right? Because there is a teaching when you, when you go along these lines, people can take that too far and say, yeah, you just need to accept that God's got you dealing with this because he wants you to learn something, right? And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in the midst of dealing with things, you're, there are still good things around your life, good people around your life, and you don't have to look elsewhere and rend the heavens, to try to find your peace. Be like that lily, right? That's plugged in to the soil where it's at. And just trust God to take you to bigger and better. And so Paul found this place of contentment 
by doing three simple things. And that's what I want to spend the rest of the time tonight talking about. Romans chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. It says, Jesus was kind to me and chose me to be an apostle. So, uh, so that people of all nations would obey and have faith. You are some of those people chosen by Jesus Christ. Paul walked in the part of the peace that he walked in because, number one, he understood that Jesus was the potter and he was the clay. Everybody say, he's, Jesus is the potter, I'm the clay. Do you realize you're not, I'm going to say this, then I need to qualify it. Do you realize you're not responsible for your spiritual growth? He is. You are simply responsible to respond to him. So many times, you know, I, I remember there have been times in my, how many, how many of you love Jesus with all your heart? And just love him, right? I remember young, uh, man, I'm so in love with him. Still am. <laughs> um, but I remember the enemy using my hunger and passion for him against me. Because I was so dissatisfied in where I was because I wanted so much more of who he is, right? And so I felt like I had to go on some pilgrim's progress and wayward journey to find my peace. But I will tell you, three years ago when I had my moment where I'm laying on an operating table and you know, they're about, you know, and it probably wasn't, you know, with technology today, it probably wasn't as serious as an operation as probably I'm making it up to be. But for me, it was big in my mind, right? They're taking catheters and they're going into my heart and coming out of my heart and going into both of my lungs. And, you know, um, doctors telling me if we hadn't found this, you know, you'd probably be dead now. So that was a real moment for me. And, and uh, you know, sometimes a single word from the Lord can change everything for you. And I remember laying, and I've shared this so many times, you're probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but I'm laying on that gurney, I'm getting ready to go in the operating room, and I hear the Lord speak back to me, Psalm 23, in the first person. And, and, and what I heard in my heart was, you know, I, you know uh, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, and these words just resonated. They just bounced off the spiritual walls of my life, basically. I heard, I am with you. And in those simple words, I recognized that where I was in that moment, I was going to be okay. I didn't have to worry. Didn't have to have any fear. Because he was with me. It brought me peace. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is, and I think what Jesus was trying to convey to us and I think what Paul even recognized was this, that one of the things we have to be resolved in if we want real peace that passes understanding is that my life is in his hands and where I am right now is okay. And I don't have to worry about where I need to be tomorrow or where I need to be next week. See, Jesus, he said, Jesus chose me out of his kindness to be an apostle. He understood the place where Jesus called him to be, and he recognized it was out of his kindness. And he didn't fight that calling, he embraced it. He embraced right where he was, right there in the moment. Second thing Paul did was this, is he found peace by embracing the people that surrounded his life at that moment. 
Notice in that text there, he says, and you are some of the people. One of the reasons Paul had peace was because he recognized the people in his life right now, are, especially the godly ones, are the people that God placed in his life. And those were people that should be an anchor and a security for him and a place of peace for him, right? I mean, I think it's so important for us when, when we're looking for peace is to recognize that, you know, where, like, this is our church, right? This is our family, right? You know, and, and I, I hear churches talk all the time about community and how important community is. And I feel like a lot of times they talk about it because they talk about it in a church growth aspect. And it's so marketing and it's so crappy and it's so wrong. We all need to have community so we can grow, right? Make your church sticky. You know, and, and that's not really what, what I'm talking about. The community that I'm talking about is that mindset that embraces one another and says, you know, I'm so glad Matt is, calls this his church home because there are things in Matt that sharpen me. And there are things that I value in him that just, uh, his passion, that alone, he, he's, he's excited about the Lord. I'm thankful for that, right? And for us learning to embrace that around us instead of looking elsewhere or out, outwardly for what, you know, distant lands and voices that can sharpen, you know, chip off the edges of us. Instead of doing that, like, I mean, God placed Sam in my life, right? Being able to extract from Sam the things that I need to extract from him, right? Instead of looking elsewhere, is there somebody around me that I could just look at who, because, because that's the beauty and that's where real peace comes from. Because then you know how to rend the heavens. He's right where you're at. He's not hiding. He's living in that person. And so Paul found peace from learning to um, embrace the people that surrounded him at that moment in his life. And so we shouldn't be so busy looking to the horizons of our life for answers. We should be plugging into the people that are right here around us. These are the people. I mean, God gave me Randy. I know. I, I love him too. He's so diligent. He's so consistent. <laughs> That's okay. He's so willing to help, right? Embracing that in Randy rounds me out to be a better person, right? I, I don't need some teacher to tell me that. I don't need some seminar to give me that. And I'm not, once again, I'm not talking about saying it's not good to get away and it's not good to have other voices. But when you look at who Jesus spoke to in the book of Revelation... He spoke to the churches, right? There is power in plugging in to a local church and embracing where you're at right now. There's power in looking at your life around you beyond your local church and saying, here's where God has me. I need to be satisfied in this moment. Because I can tell you this, if you don't learn to be satisfied in the moment, you'll never be satisfied in any moment. Because there will always be another moment, another place you want to get to, another place you want to go. Learning to be satisfied. And satisfaction doesn't mean accepting your present circumstances. It just means in the midst of circumstances, even if I don't like them, I've got peace because I've got people around me that I love, right? I've got, I've got um, uh, things in my life and blessings in my life around me that I love, right? Those things... Bring me peace. And then ultimately, what we'll find is this. Not only did Paul find peace and contentment from 
where he was and the blessings and the station in life he was right now and learning to enjoy that journey. And not only was he finding peace from the people that were around him and recognizing that I've got what I need in my life with the people around me, but number three, he ultimately found peace and contentment in the fact that in any circumstance, Jesus was with him, right? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11 says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So notice what he said, I've learned to be content right where I am right now. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things, and notice, what, here's the answer, through Christ who strengthens me. Paul was content, and notice what he said, he says, I learned, I have learned being content in the moment you're in is something that doesn't come natural. You have to learn it. You have to learn to be able to stop and look around you and say, wait, where's another blessing? Even though I don't like what I'm going through right now, there are other blessings I can focus my attention and be grateful for. Even though I may not have all the answers I need within myself, I can lean on the people around me that love me for who I am and find peace in that, right? And then not only that, but Paul said, I also learned how to have contentment because it's Christ who strengthens me. Paul's contentment came and was found through his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, being present right now with the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. If things change, if things aren't like I like, it doesn't matter, I still have him. And with him comes the peace that passes all understanding. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7 says, But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted lost for Christ. Yes, indeed, I also count all things lost, look through this, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. There's something about being able in any circumstance to say nothing else matters as long as I got him. I can find peace right where I'm at right now. And so Paul, and we go and read the rest of that, but Paul's mindset was that I could find peace in any circumstance through him. So Paul found peace in, in simply embracing him. He looked at the lilies, and he said, a lily is planted, it's not moving, it's taken care of, and so I'm going to be like that. I'm going to bloom right where I'm at. I'm going to find contentment right where I'm at, not where I want to be, where I hope I could be, or where I might be tomorrow. I'm going to find peace in it right now. And so tonight, three critical points, and we find it all wrapped up in Matthew chapter 6. Shannon, if you can go ahead and come on up. I'm going to do something. I'm going to ask us to do something here in just a moment. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 27 says, For which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about things? And then he says this, consider the lilies of the field. I think what he was saying there was to lay aside the striving to be somewhere else and find peace and contentment in where you are right now. And let him as the potter take you to where you need to be. And so I told Shannon I wanted to do something tonight because I sort of felt like I've bounced around. I feel like that I hope the spirit of what I'm saying tonight has come across because I really struggled for the words and sometimes trying to convey a spiritual truth is hard to convey in words. But what I want to do for just a moment is this. I want you to take a moment to practically find the peace in where you are right now. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I told Shannon I just want her to play. We're not going to sing a song to try to get to some place. I want you just to close your eyes and allow the joy and contentment 
of where God has you in life right now to sweep over you. Embracing where you are right now instead of striving for where you want to be. Enjoying the beauty and blessing that surrounds your life in spite of other things that might not be the best right now. And leaning into the people and places where God has placed you to draw your spiritual nourishment and strength. Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, I think really if we catch the spirit of what it's saying, it helps us embody being like a lily and just plugging in where we're at and blooming right where we are. It says, God himself fixed beforehand the exact times and the limits of the places where we, they would live. He did this so that they would look for him and perhaps find him as they felt around for him. Yet God is not actually far from any one of us. God does not play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. I would go a step further and even say he's here right now. We live and move in him and can't get away from him. Father, we're just going to take a moment right now to give place to where you have us in this moment. Forgetting the world around us and embracing the beauty of your presence with us, with these people right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you just to fall upon us and give us peace. Fall upon us and drive out the very things that are trying to rob us of that peace. In Jesus' name, just, just close your eyes and just sit for a moment and allow the Spirit of God to do his work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just bless you. I thank you. 
for peace that you've placed within us, the spirit of peace that lives within us. That no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, we can be like that well-nourished lily, fully taken care of, not worried about tomorrow, but finding peace in the moment in which we live, the people around whom we live, oh, and covered and protected by the God in whom we live and move and have our being. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray that your peace would rest upon your people this week. That if there be those that are listening or listen to this online even, Lord, even though we've talked about, use the medium to bring them peace in the moment they're at. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I give you praise and thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. God's good. Amen. There is peace right where you are in just embracing the moment and the people and the Savior that is with you right now. Amen. Amen. Let me pray a prayer blessing over you. Father, thank you so much for your word. Oh, let us never let go of this peace that passes all human understanding. I thank you for you resting upon your people, going with your people, and I thank you, Father, that as we will go from this place, there's a notable difference that passes understanding to the people and the lives that we touch. Thank you for your angels camped about each person here, keeping them safe. I declare that each person under the sound of my voice, based on what Jesus did for us, is healed, sound, and whole. That sickness and pain and discomfort and disease have to leave. And I just give you praise and thanks that we go from this place rejoicing in your great goodness and your great peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming out tonight. And we'll see you on Sunday. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.